You want to bet like the Not For The Bay podcast? Go sign up with BetUS Sportsbook, where you can get in the game. Provides multiple sports, online casino, and live betting. Has easy deposits, fast payouts, so sign up today using promo code NFD to receive 125% in bonuses. BetUS. Bet wherever, whenever. Coming up on the Not For The Bay podcast, NFL Week 6 recap. You know how we do these things. Uh, we're right after... Right after the, the Sunday night football game, the, the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, quite a few upsets today. The Atlanta Falcons over the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the New York Jets over the Green Bay Packers. And the New York Giants over the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of stuff to get into. But first things first, you know how we do it. Sadanel kicks his thing off with the intro. No love lost, I'll just move how I move Jockin' for position, I fight in nail two Whoa, I got these niggas rattled, got these bitches so loose Tell them on the tone while she blow on my flu I got biggie dreams, give me, give me the loot Don't put no selling on me, I'ma shoot through the roof Every day I wake up, I'm tryna blow it down This beat is knockin' weed, hittin' while I move through the town I discover what it's like to say, fuck it You can look me in my eyes and you know I'm up to something Took a little minute, but I like who I'm becoming. What is good people? Welcome back to another episode of Not For Debate. This is Devor. Uh, we are lot, well, we are recording this right after the Sunday night football game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, just wanted to say, uh, those of y'all that is watching the visual version of, of the of the pod, like I know this is not like the best of fashions fashion statements that I have going on here with this uh, this this SpongeBob blanket here, but. It'll do. It's a little chilly in here, so excuse it. But uh, let's go ahead and get into this this Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles game. And I just want to take, go ahead and take off the the podcast host hat for a second, and and just want to say, like the last couple of weeks, all I have heard was Cooper Rush is the guy. Cooper Rush is the guy. The Dallas Cowboys are in excellent hands. We are winning. Who is Dak Prescott? And it and it it is just it is it's a wonderful thing to sit back and look at the final the final box score, the Dallas Cowboys seventeen, the Philadelphia Eagles twenty six. Now the Philadelphia Eagles are sitting atop of the NFC East, and the Dallas Cowboys are sitting in third place behind the Eagles and the New York Giants. Yes, I had to get this off of my chest because of the fact that, you know, how much I have to go through with dealing with these Cowboys fans on a regular basis. I'm pretty sure everybody that's not a Cowboys fan has to deal with the, st- the same thing of them running their mouths for no freaking reason, knowing they have nothing to be running their mouths about. Little minor things make them happy. But the Philadelphia Eagles made a good, a good statement this evening, putting the Dallas Cowboys back in their place, the Dallas Cowboys quiet as church mouses and I ain't got to hear about it for the whole week. Like it's funny how they always want to talk trash about your team and when they lose, but when they, when our teams lose, but when they team lose, they like, we don't want to talk. No, you don't want to talk. Okay. That's fine. You ain't got to talk. Don't talk for the rest of the week because (laughs) don't talk to the rest of the week. That's fine with me, but let's go ahead and put, go ahead and put the podcast, the podcast host hat back on. Um, so tonight, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, Sunday night football game. Uh, 
big expectations. It was it was it was it was a, it was it was a dog fight all around. I uh, wanted to say the Philadelphia Eagles came in, they took care of business. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys definitely came in this game. They had a slow start, had two turnovers early, um, and it's just the Philadelphia Eagles off- offensively uh, with with uh, Jalen Hurts. The, what they do with that that read option, that read option, like there's a whole bunch of different wrinkles to it where Jalen Hurts can hand it off to the running back, whether it be Kenneth Gainwell or, or Miles Sanders, or it can, they, it can end up pulling it out and doing a read option type play with it where he, he can keep it or he can end up passing the ball, play out, excuse me, read option read, where he can end up making a pass to the outside receiver. So it's like, again, it's like a lot of different wrinkles to this read option. Uh, this read option with the RPO, so it's 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 a thing of beauty. Like it's quick passes, they was able to get the ball out quick. The Dallas Cowboys could not get consistent pressure on Jalen Hurts, and they had to they had to give up something. And it obviously was them their ability to stop the run because they was able to run the football effectively. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles did, uh, where Miles Sanders had 18 carries for 71 yards. Uh, Jalen Hurts had a couple carries, was nine carries for 27. Kenneth Gainwell had five carries for 25. But they were just able to consistently sustain drives due to the fact that they the Cowboys just didn't have an answer for it. Um, and they they was keying on they was they was definitely. They was key, definitely keying on Michael, Michael Parsons throughout the game. Like they was, they was literally trying to tucker him out, um, try to just play off him. Like he's a good player. Like there was, there was like he he makes a big, huge impact for this Dallas Cowboys uh, defense, whether it be him rushing the passer or whether it be him being in coverage. And he did. The Philadelphia Eagles did an excellent job game planning against the Dallas Cowboys and and Michael Parsons, uh, but. I want to say probably the turning point toward uh, in this game was probably in the second half when Lane Johnson ended up going down and, they, and the Cowboys was able to make a big huge momentum shift by there was a couple there was a few drives that were strung together by the Eagles a few drives by the Eagles in the in the second half where they were unable to move the ball and then that's when you saw Dallas kind of like take the game for a swing where they was able to hand the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott in the second half and he was he was starting to he was starting to warm up and get that thing going for the Dallas Cowboys. But unfortunately it came down to that game down to a, a, the second to last drive where Cooper Rush was had to put had to put the ball in Cooper Rush's hands and he ended up throwing that interception, which ended up sealing the deal. Now when I look at the Dallas Cowboys moving forward, well, in this game, I wanna say like once he threw that first interception in the first half, I was like, yeah, this is where if the Philadelphia Eagles don't make any mistakes throughout the rest of the game, the Dallas Cowboys are going to play into, are going to play into your hands because that, that allows them to control the game. They can run the football and the Dallas Cowboys, they play to their strengths. They just want to play good defense and they want to be able to run the football. And they, uh, and I was a little bit suspect about the Dallas Cowboys playing from behind, especially with Cooper Rush in that quarterback. It just was not going to, it was just a recipe of disaster for them. And, and it shows. So now at this point, depending on what, what Dak Prescott's status is going to be, uh, next week coming up, uh, it, Seems like he's going to be the he's going to be the starter. Like this is a 
this is not a good performance by Cooper Rush, a division rivalry game. He ends up throwing the three interceptions on on a primetime game. Definitely not a good look. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, they continue on to fly high, 6-0, and still first place in the NFC East, while, again, the Dallas Cowboys, they go ahead and slide to the go ahead and slide to to four and two and to third place in the division. <clears throat> I was going to like, I'm, I'm like extremely disappointed in myself. Like I didn't place any bets today. Like, even though I probably would have lost anyway, but, um, it's still, it doesn't hurt to try. Like there was a whole, a few upsets in today that I know that I would have gotten wrong, but again, it doesn't hurt to try. Right. And one of the upsets was, the Seattle, I was about to say Seattle, the San Francisco 49ers at the, at the, at the Atlanta Falcons, the final score was like, was 14 to 28. I felt like Marcus Mariota did a phenomenal job during the course of this game where he was able to control, control that pass rush of the, of the San Francisco 49ers. Marcus Mariota was also efficient, 13 for 14 for 129 yards, two touchdowns. Six carries for fifty yards, and that, that Atlanta Falcons defense—they literally held held things down against the San Francisco 49ers, forcing Jimmy Garoppolo to throw two interceptions. Like they was, they was, they was literally on it. Also, the rush defense was very stout. Jeff Wilson seven carries, twenty-five yards. Debo two carries for eleven yards. Tevin Coleman four carries for three yards. So they, the defense for the Atlanta Falcons—you got to give huge credit to them because they was they was able to hold. They was they was really able to hold this San Francisco 49ers offense uh, to to almost nothing, literally almost nothing. Uh, the the New England Patriots at the, the Cleveland Browns, another good game for. I don't know why I keep on. Oh, Bailey Zappe. I hope I said that right. Cause I really hope I said that right. Bailey Zappi, like the the late round draft pick in the 2022 draft, um, threw for over 300 yards versus the Cleveland Browns. Again, another good week of complimentary football for for the New England Patriots, where Bailey Zappi ended up throwing for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, and then Ramondre Stevenson was able to run the ball effectively, 19 carries for 76 yards. Uh, and then, of course, defensively for the New England Patriots, they was able to control what the what the Cleveland Browns was able to do was able to do in uh, offensively, forcing them to make turnovers. Where they ended up, two who had two Jalen Mills and Kyler Duggar. Kyler Duggar had the first interception early on in the game, and that ever since then, like the New England Patriots have was dominating that game. One of the upsets of the day was. The New York Jets at the Green Bay Packers. Now we've talked about the Green Bay Packers over the last couple of weeks, where whether it been against the New England Patriots, whether then last week versus the New York Giants, or whether it be this week, for some they they just can't get things going offensively. Like they're st- they're still trying to adjust to life without Devontae Adams, and it shows. Like the timing is all between the receivers and and Aaron Rodgers. Like. The the offensive line is an issue. Like they was able to get to Aaron Rodgers, I believe, four times today. Um, they just aren't able to to get to get anything going. And the New York Jets again, we can't sleep on the New York Jets moving forward. Like the New York New York Jets are actually looking pretty legit. 
Um, defensively, they was able to get the job done. Offensively, my, um, I keep for, uh, Brees Hall, phenomenal job. The rookie running back, uh, did a phenomenal job. Uh, but I think the, the story of the day is definitely special teams for the Green Bay Packers. They got their, got a field goal blocked and they had a punt blocked all in the same game. Uh, first time since that game against the San Francisco 49ers in 2021. So I will probably say offense, offense, offensively, the Green Bay Packers got to figure some things out. Uh, there was a news that was just trending all around the world the last couple of days. And that was when ex Philadelphia Eagles receiver Deshaun Jackson was on. I believe that was I am athlete. Uh, I forget what 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 that what that is now. Like they actually go on live stage and they like they have like they do their thing. So they was in Philadelphia this past week, and Deshaun Jackson was up there talking about how he wasn't retired. He had his top teams that he wanted to play with, whether it be the Baltimore Ravens, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Green Bay Packers, like or the the Rams. But there was there was something there was something that went down in in L.A. which makes that a little bit unlikely, but. The Green Bay Packers is the strong possibility they may end up having to make that call for Deshaun Jackson services. Like he's extremely explosive. He can really help your offense flourish into being something. And he can not only help the passing game, but he can also help the running game because he requires a a double cover almost every single play due to his killer speed over the top. Like one of the best at it in NFL history for sure. So if I was the Green Bay Packers, you're sitting at three and three. You got a crossroads right now. After this, after the, after after this week, what you do moving forward is going to decide your fate for the remainder of the season. What team, what kind of team you're going to be? You definitely don't want to waste any more time with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback because he's already put out multiple warnings. Like, look, you're gonna to have to do something to help me out around here. Like, I can't do this thing all by myself, and. This would be like not only just doing that, like Odell Beckham's still out there. You still got Will Fuller out there. Like there's a lot of different things the Green Bay Packers can do to help out this offense. Now it comes down to the Green Bay Packers. What are you going to do? You, you got to do something here. You literally got to do something because this is not going, this is not playoff caliber offensive football for the Green Bay Packers. If they, if you go, if they go into the playoffs right now, like literally, it's 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 going to be they're going to be one and done. They literally going to be one and done the way that they're playing football right now. So uh, they definitely have to make a move to help out Aaron Rodgers, uh, considering how that clock is ticking. Next game is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts, where the final score ended up being twenty-seven to thirty-four. Miraculous uh, game-winning drive for. The Indianapolis Colts, where Matt Ryan just ended up chucking this, chucking the ball up to what was his name, Alec Pierce, if I'm not mistaken. Alec Pierce, yes, it was Alec Pierce. It was a 32 yard touchdown pass. Lily went for it all. Uh, it was definitely a something that was going back and forth. I was extremely happy about it because finally we getting Travis Etienne involved in the offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, but came down to that last drive of the Indianapolis Colts to Alec Pierce, and they end up sealing the deal. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars end up falling to two and four, and the Indianapolis Colts end up going up to three, two and one. 
Next game we have is the Miami Dolphins at the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the Dolphins just need a break at this point because we, Skylar Thompson, end up starting the game, end up leaving the game with a thumb injury. Then the Dolphins with the penalties, they was they was in position, scoring position multiple times throughout this game, and they were able to capitalize due to the in, uh, due to turnovers and penalties. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater came into the game, and I, I there was one particular play that I saw with Teddy Bridgewater that I was like, "Yo, Teddy Bridgewater!" I thought he was a little bit faster than this. I didn't know he was this slow. And somebody pointed out to me on on Twitter, like, yeah, he had this severe injury. But I'm like, man, like, he's still kind of slow. Like, I really feel like he should have been a little bit faster. But it was it was as I it was basically as I predicted in the preview video where I was like, look, when I look at the Dolphins, Xavier Howard, he played, but he's not 100 percent with that groin. Those are the type of injuries that linger. And uh, Adam, he excuse me, Jim, uh, Excuse me, Justin Jefferson ended up having a big, a big, a big catch over him. And that I believe it was probably at the end of the first half. It was the end of the first half that Harrison Smith had an interception. That was probably the turning point of the game where they was going up by what two possessions going into halftime. But the Dolphins was able to cut it down, but it was a key fumble towards the end of the game by by Jalen Waddle that ended up, again, turnovers kill you. That ended up having the Vikings end up taking the ball back on offense and then ended up sealing the deal with Dalvin Cook's long touchdown run. I believe it was a 55-yarder, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Yes, 53-yard touchdown touchdown run by, um, by, by Dalvin Cook, which ended up sealing the deal for for the Minnesota Vikings but the Dolphins they're going to be coming back this Sunday night I believe they play the Pittsburgh Steelers if I'm not mistaken and hopefully they'll get Tua back and they can hopefully they can get back on track um and to you know back into the AFC East because the Buffalo Bills they just got themselves a dub and a big dub at that excuse me versus the Kansas City Chiefs Alright, next game is the Cincinnati Bengals at the New Orleans Saints. Fun fact that I learned during the course of this game, Andy Dalton and the two teams that he's played for after he left the Cincinnati Bengals has beaten the Cincinnati Bengals, which with the Chicago once with the Chicago Bears and the other with the Dallas Cowboys. So it was this was probably one of the best games this e this afternoon. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals seem like they got things clicking as far as uh, offensively. Like, again, I'm going to repeat the same thing that the Cincinnati Bengals, they have too much talent at this wide receiver position where they're, they're struggling to put up points. Like today, Tyler Boyd, six catches for 66 yards. Jamar Chase, seven catches for 132. T. Higgins, six catches for 47. Like, they was getting it done. Now, on the flip side, when I look at New Orleans, Considering the fact that they were down a lot of receivers, like their their three main guys, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, like they was able to put up somewhat of a decent fight. Like Andy Dalton, he looked pretty decent, seventeen for thirty two for one hundred sixty two yards at a touchdown, and like you getting guys involved like Traquan Smith, Juwan Johnson, Marquez Callaway. Um, I like this dude. Um, 
Rashid Shahid, he he provided a spark before the New Orleans Saints with that that one carry for a touchdown where it was a 44 yarder, like it looked like a blur. But the the Cincinnati Bengals ended up coming away with this W, uh, 30 to 26. The other upset of the day was the Baltimore Ravens at the New York Giants. Final score was 20 to 24. Uh, the same story as, as usual for the Baltimore Ravens. The fourth quarter starts. That's when the avalanche comes. And the Baltimore Ravens going into the fourth, they was up 20 to 10. And the New York Giants came in with a 12-play drive and ended up scoring a touchdown. Then there was a couple of missed passes that Lamar Jackson ended up having. And there was a interception that was thrown out. There was a muffed it was a muff, muffed exchange by Lamar Jackson in the center. He picks it up, scrambles to the right. It ends up, I don't know what the hell he was, look, what he was looking at, but, but you know, it's usually something Lamar would usually do when I sit back and observe and I voice my opinion. And everybody's like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Lamar, you're like, there'll be times where Lamar Jackson ends up making mistakes at the worst times. And this happens to be at this time. And it was two back-to-back drives that he ended up making a mistake. It was the interception after the muffed exchange. And then the second mistake was the strip stack by uh, Thibodeau uh, for the the final drive for the Baltimore Ravens. Like, the Baltimore Ravens, they played a pretty good game. Like, the the bright spot of the game was definitely Kenya Drake coming off the bench and providing a spark for the Baltimore Ravens where he ended up having 119 yards rushing. Like they was definitely controlling the clock. Like they was up twenty to ten. All you had to do was run the clock out. Literally, all you had to do was run the clock out. And then again, two back to back drives. Two back to back drives. Lamar Jackson throws an interception. The New York Giants capitalize with a Saquon Barkley touchdown run. Then your final drive for the Baltimore Ravens, you come out. Strip sack. Uh Lamar Jackson. Uh Kelvin. Thibodeau, I can never pronounce that, and a strip sacking him, and it was covered by the Giants. Ends the game, and on the looking at the Giants, like to be honest with you, the Giants, the Giants, offensively for the Giants, it's like they they are like dormant for like the first three quarters. And then when they come out in the fourth quarter, like you see a totally different team. Like the defense for the Giants is legit. Like they was doing their thing. Like I know we have been questionable questionable about their defense, but the New York Giants defense is legit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything bad about their defense anymore because I feel like it, it is legit. It's just offensively like they just they just be sleep for the first three quarters and then in the fourth, like they find a way to win. And I feel like that's what the best teams end up doing. They just find, find a way to win. Now, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and call them good. I'll just call them opportun. They're opportunistic. The New York Giants are opportunistic teams, are opportunistic teams where they capitalize on opposing teams' mistakes. They just capitalize. And, Again, if they if they can consistently keep on relying on Saquon Barkley, even though he did have a little bit of an injury scare today with the shoulder, if they can continue to 
rely rely on Saquon and capitalize on opposing teams' turnovers, they could definitely win some games for sure. Uh, But another another blown lead for the Baltimore Ravens, thanks to Lamar Jackson, I would probably say he he deserves the most of the blame due to the two back-to-back turnovers on on two offensive possessions. So that's on Lamar. I'm going to go ahead and put that one on Lamar. Another upset was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, it's we don't we don't know what's going on with Tampa Bay. We definitely don't know what's going on with Tampa Bay. Like they are, they almost had they had a close one last week against the Atlanta Falcons, and then we come in versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, like this game right here, I, obviously I took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but it's a good thing I didn't place no bet on the game. So I definitely wouldn't I would have missed out. But well, we don't know what's going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like they they're struggling. This is definitely not Super Bowl caliber football the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing right now. They're definitely not looking too good. And then you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They ended up losing Kenny Pickett. Uh, during the course of this game, and then Mitchell Trubisky ended up coming in, and he ended up throwing his way to a victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm starting to think that Mitchell Trubisky is one of those quarterbacks where he's just meant to be a backup, where you just you just come in low expectations, nobody's expecting you to win a game, and then you just you just do your thing. And some quarterbacks are just like that; they're just meant to be backups. Like for example, Nick Foles. They have very, very low expectations of Nick Foles. He comes in, he does his thing, sits his ass back down next to the head coach when the starter comes back, and then we'll we'll use you again when we need you. That's just what it is. And I I think that Mitchell Jabisky is that guy. But in the in those in those last couple drives for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm not gonna lie to you, Mitchell Jabisky was dealing it. He was literally dealing it like the way he was throwing the football out there, like he looked like a totally different quarterback. Definitely getting Chase Claypool involved. It was two. It was two key key plays. I would say the one on the sideline of Chase Claypool, and then of course the touchdown pass to Chase Claypool uh, was 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 phenomenal. Definitely phenomenal. Um, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, they can there they have they snapped the, the losing streak. I believe they was on a two or three. It was a three. Yeah, it was a three. So, and they was able to bounce back from that horrific ass whooping they had last week against the 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 Buffalo Bills. So, uh, it's a good win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You stopped the the Mike Tomlin fought being fired chance for a little while longer. But let's see what you do next week. Sunday Night Football. Looking forward to it. Next up. We have the Carolina Panthers at the Los Angeles Rams. Steve Wilkes, interim head coach for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, a lot of sideline chatter, I'll say. Uh, Robbie Anderson getting into it with the receivers coach. Did it? Did it? Ended up carrying over to Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes wants Robbie Anderson to leave the field. We don't know what's going on with that. Like maybe we just not liking the new, the new, uh, the changes here. Uh, but. The Carolina Panthers, they definitely showcase uh, Christian McCaffrey because they was apparently they're listening to trade talks, trade talk, listening to trades, 
trade packages, excuse me, trade packages for Christian McCaffrey. Um, and Christian McCaffrey was phenomenal out there today. Lillian was caught almost anything that was thrown to him today. But he had 13 carries for 69 yards, and then he caught seven catches, had seven catches for 89 yards. So he was definitely the guy. Uh, P.J. Walker, their second, third-string quarterback slash receiver, he was the starter, ended up leaving the game with a concussion, if I'm not mistaken. Then they had to bring in the fourth stringer, Jacob Eason, to come in and finish the game. Uh, when we look at the when we look at the Los Angeles Rams, I'm not impressed by this win. Like you just capitalized on an injured injured team. Like you're not still not playing on the level that every everybody's expecting you to play at. Sam Bradford, I said Sam Bradford. Oh my goodness, uh, Matthew Stafford, <laughs> Matthew Stafford again. Uh, through with those another interception. I want to see what is Matthew Stafford looking like on the season right now. I believe he's, I believe he's like what got eight interceptions, like five touchdown passes or something like that. But uh, I'm starting to believe more and more. Like you, I'm, I'm, you gonna have to get another compliment for Cooper Cup. I'm not, I, I like, I'm just starting to believe that he's just not a number one. I'm really starting to believe he's not a number one because so much attention is on him and he's not able to be as effective as he was last year with a Deshaun Jackson or a uh, or Odell Beckham Jr. But look on the bright side, though, they finally got Allen Robinson involved. A lot of folks have sat here and said, man, Allen Robinson getting old. He ain't the same Allen Robinson. Some other folks just feel like he just wasn't getting involved, but Allen Robinson that's got involved today. Five catches for 63 yards, a touchdown. Hopefully they can build off of this. They can build off of this, but definitely the offensive line is still an issue. It is still an issue. Like they're, they're protecting Matthew Stafford is, 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 is going to be key moving forward. So, um, I guess it's a good morale boost for the Carol, for the Los Angeles Rams to get this, to get this win versus the Carolina Panthers. Next up again, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. Final score ended up being nine to nineteen. Seattle Seahawks um, still struggling. The the Seattle, the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray um, started off great with a, a long forty yard run, and then after that, it just sputtered. It literally just sputtered. Kyler Murray, twenty three for thirty seven, two hundred and twenty two yards. In an interception and also with 10 carries and 100 yards rushing. Like they just, they just sputtered. What can I say? They just sputtered. And on the flip side, Geno Smith, another good week. I know it doesn't show him the box score, but 20 for 31, 197 yards. Geno Smith, when the pressure was there, he was doing exactly what he was supposed to do, buy extra time. If it wasn't there, he took off and ran. Like took care, taking care of the football. Like, that's what I like to see in Gino. Like I'm, I'm really rooting for Gino right now. I'm literally rooting for Gino because it's not the prettiest thing, but he's getting the job done uh, out of a hopeless situation because nobody was expecting the Seattle Seahawks to be competitive. Let's put it like that, competitive. And like Gino is literally holding them in the games. Now, backup running back Kenneth Kenneth Walker. We got quite a few. We got quite a few rookie running backs coming in here and doing their thing. Like we talked about Damian Pierce last week and today we talking about we talking about Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is 
Lily playing like Lily looking like a good going to be a good running back for years to come for the Seattle Seahawks. So that was an excellent pick by the Seattle Seahawks, but it's a good win. The Seattle Seahawks take it over this take it over the Arizona Cardinals nineteen and nine. All right, the big one. The big one. We got the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs, which AFC, the AFC conference, AFC conference rematch, which was exciting. It came down to the wire last year. Um, came down to the wire last year where they was just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then the Kansas City Chiefs ended up scoring on the final drive. I felt like this go around, both teams started off slow, but at the same time, defensively, both teams, they did a phenomenal job trying to contain the two. And then when it just comes down to that fourth quarter, who is going to have the ball last? Now there was a, it was a key, it was a key drive for the, the last drive for the, for the Buffalo Bills. It's a wonderful play. It was a court as a running back quarterback power, quarterback power play. They end up giving, giving the ball off to Josh Allen. He ends up scrambling to the right. He ends up breaking a tackle. The most, the most, probably the best part about this whole play was him hurtling over a, a Kansas City Chiefs defensive back, picked up the first down and picks up probably like another five or seven yards. It was, it was just a beautiful play design and it set up a, set up a touchdown pass to Dawson Knox, uh, where they end up putting the ball back in Patrick Mahomes' hands where I was like, I don't know, that might be a little bit too much time left on the clock for you to be able to, for you to give Patrick Mahomes. But let me see how long much time he had left on that drive. Uh, yep. So it was a minute and nine seconds. I was like, yeah, that might be a little bit too much time for Patrick Mahomes. Like, you're going to have to give him like 30 seconds because based off of what happened last year, it was like, it was like a 31 second drive. They was able to go down and score a touchdown on the on the Buffalo Bills. So Patrick Mahomes ended up being intercepted at the end by Taron uh, Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Taron Johnson and the and the Buffalo Bills ended up taking it over the Kansas City Chiefs, 24 to 20. Now, in case you just missed the last pod, the last episode um i did want to go ahead and cover this game the monday night game we got monday night we have monday night man who we have money like oh the denver broncos and the and the and the can and the and the los angeles Chargers. okay that's a no-brainer i'm gonna go ahead and take the, the los angeles Chargers, and i'm gonna probably take the spread what is the spread what is the spread I'm checking the spread now. Bear with me, folks. It's four and a half. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the four and a half for the Los Angeles Chargers. But I will be back Tuesday after the Monday night game. Uh, man. Another great week of football. Uh, another great, yeah, another great week of football. Unfortunately, not a good week for me and my fantasy team. Not a good week for me betting, but... It is what it is. But again, we'll be back Tuesday evening. This is the Not For The Bay podcast. Be sure to go ahead and like and follow on our social media pages. I'll be back on Tuesday. I'm up out of here.
need an angle just for studying. Yeah, you know it's always a vibe when some real ones collide. Gotta keep some people around who know how to survive. Hustling like a nigga just arrived. Around the clock, a nigga loses sense of time. I done been through some shit. Yeah, I've been through some shit, but I get do it for what it's worth. Can't show no love if the respect don't come first. Can't pay no mind. Look me in my eyes and you know I'm up to something. Ain't no love lost, I just move how I move.